When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glass we can right back at you here from lakers fast break and yes i know the intro for everyone out there was our normal standard one it wasn't the lakers snack pack intro tell you what i'll do if you're listening to audio you're going to hear nothing but lakers snack pack intro and outro and i'll make sure for the youtube viewers out there that they have the snack pack outro on the end but it is gerald glassford coming at you from the lakers fast break Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also a small game source and inside sports fantasy football. Of course, LakersBall.com, where you see Ox1947. You know, he's not only communicating with us all the time on our email, he's also communicating a lot on LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, he owns a company that's called Simblaze. If you truly, truly want the best in lawn care and a new lawn transformed today into something much more magical than it was already. And you live in the Southern California area. Please go ahead and hit up Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. You can take the brewskis there while you're looking out and trying to design your whole brand new lawn right there for you at Simblades. Simblades with Y.com. You know, because people want to go ahead and share brewskis with you and all that good stuff, Joe. Must be a good feeling indeed. But also as well, we've got the Lakerholics. The Lakerholics are going to do a show on Saturday around 1 p.m. I will be at Summer League. So they'll be here taking over the channel on Saturday for Lakers weekend with the Lakerholics Spotlight. Go ahead and check out what they're doing today at Lakerholics.com. You know, Laker Tom is gleefully happy as the number one Lakers blogger that's out there and also Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check them out today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friend Stone Hansen. I am so psyched. I will see him. My good friends Stone Hansen and Rafael Barlow, my two draft experts who've been with me for so long. I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. I met Rafael last year in Summer League. I'm going to go ahead and see Stone for the first time. Go ahead and support what Stone Hansen is doing with him and the guys at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Plus also as well. Of course, the John McCallion channel. And if you could support all of that, plus give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, like, 
follow, share, subscribe. Go ahead. It's right next to Sean. That's right. The little Joe with the buggy eyes. Go ahead. Click it today and subscribe to get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air for the latest Lakers Fast Break. And I want to make an announcement. We are on a new social media outlet, Threads. We've joined Threads. So go ahead and check us out today, Lakers Fast Break, or our sister Instagram account, Courtside Lakers, where we've got over 5,000 followers there. And if you could do all of that, we're almost to 900 subscribers on YouTube. And if you could get us over that mark, it is sincerely appreciated. On the road to 1,000, 1,000 indeed. Well, today was a momentous day for all the NBA teams because you could go ahead and officially sign contracts for all the guys that you made agreements with. And so a lot of the trades, they officially went through today. A couple other trades went under the radar too, as far as some draft picks moving around and whatnot. But for the most part, it was about signing and officially becoming members of the various NBA teams, including the Los Angeles Lakers. So today we'll talk about all the official signings, plus also as well, the Lakers head to Summer League. What are we looking for at Summer League coming up this weekend? We know that Victor Wemiyama, for all the wrong reasons, is already trending in Vegas. He's the big man in Vegas, even bigger than Britney Spears. He's already sold out the Thomas and Mag and Cox Pavilion for Friday. I'm going to be there on Saturday. If you want to go ahead and say hi and talk about the show, see me in person, I will be there. I'll have on the Pop Culture Cosmos shirt, and of course, I'll have on some Lakers gear as well. But guys, it's going to be a great time indeed tonight. We're going to be talking about what the Lakers are going to be doing, plus what the Lakers did today. First man up, first man here. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, you've got him at Simblades, SimbladesWithTheY.com. It is Joe Sorrow. And Joe, great to have you here. The Lakers officially signed on the dotted line. A lot of uh, players that they were actually made agreements with. So you had Jackson Hayes, Ruby Hashimura. You had Austin Reeves. You had uh, also Cam Reddish. You all saw them signing today. They made it official. It's all over the, tweet, the Twitter and the threads for the Los Angeles Lakers. Your thoughts now that you finally got ink on the paper and now the inks run dry on these contracts. Well, I've been waiting for the 14th roster spot to be fulfilled. That's probably the most attention I've been anticipating since uh, the first couple of days of free agency. And every time there's a, a, a ping on my phone that would be Woj or Shams, I'm always like, oh, no, that's not us. Never mind. <laughs> so I, I'm waiting for that. Uh, obviously, it was a formality today with all our signings, and good for them. Happy for Rui. Uh, we're getting all the, the the positive rhetoric right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to have some come down to earth, mm-hmm. uh, so be prepared for that. And I think, unfortunately, Reddish is going to be one of them. And then I think Jackson Hayes will be the other one, but uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, let's let's hope for that. And then of course Rui, I have high hopes for Rui. I think he's going to uh, continue to improve on a very very good ending from last year in the playoffs, and uh, also uh, w- hoping to get some kind of information on what's going on with AD and LeBron in terms of their their previous injuries. I think that's really all that's left, guys. We can discuss what what may come 
Uh, I am excited to talk about that. Uh, we're in July right now, so that means in about a month, we're start, we're, we, will, we will hit that like dead area of the NBA, so we're going to have to make sure programming here is entertaining and some relevant information. Uh, hopefully something that kind of looked like what our email uh, emails were looking like today, because that was quite, quite entertaining, at least from my perspective. Um, I, I found it rather entertaining myself, so. <laughs> it's funny. It always, it always ends up going to the same place it always does. Someone says something. Gerald thinks we're talking about something else. And then we have to slowly tell Gerald that it always evolves into something. It always, yeah, it's always something where Gerald thinks we're talking about someone that that we're not talking about. <laughs> and then we threw in a couple of you know funny lines. I mean, I, sometimes things just come up and it just makes sense. Well, he uh, don't don't discount this man. He's the one who pointed out Jay Moore's. Uh... <laughs> Lost it pretty much. So Gerald can read in between the lines, Joe. Do not underestimate. This I don't man. know about that. I don't know. Not all the time. Oh, okay. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he goes this way, and I'm uh, like, Joe. "Where are you going? <laughs> What's going on, man?" Yeah. <laughs> read between those lines, right there. <laughs> There's only one line there. <laughs> By but the I way, say, I need, I, oh, we no, need to no, see no. the security footage. Yes, we need need to see at the aria. We do because I, I I never got that training as a security guard. You see a beautiful blonde woman coming your client's way and just sideswiper. Nope, never yeah. never got that training. This is regarding Victor Wembanyama at the Aria Hotel. I guess the confrontation last night between uh, Britney Spears, who wanted to get his attention, and the security staff, which gave her attention. And I guess in a a manner that she did not appreciate or like and uh yeah that's gotten a little messy and it's been the talk when that's the talk of what's going on here in vegas and around the social media circles and pop pop culture that tells you it's been a slow day uh he is though victor wambiyama the big man right now on campus here in las vegas it's very hard to be the most notable name in las vegas but in such a short time, Sean, and having Sean Grice here, the madman from Toronto, he did get out of Toronto traffic to stop by tonight to talk to us. And he didn't get it, you know, as far as to go get out of Toronto traffic. I did. Go ahead. I did. Well, I you didn't get out of, out of Toronto. Yeah, well, according to Tom Cruise, you're still in Toronto traffic. But, you know, you didn't get out of Toronto traffic to go get hit by Victor Wembyama's security. But I will ask you this, my friend. When you've got all this publicity already, you haven't even played an NBA game. You The hype machine is so much more advanced. It's so funny because, again, I said it on last night's show. When I went to Henderson, I couldn't believe – I was disappointed at the lack of support by NBA fans because in a 12,000-seat arena, you got one-third of that at best. And that was with a whole bunch of freebies given out for his appearance versus Scoot. And now you're coming to see him – play something similar here just a few months later and now he's the talk of the town yeah that must be a, a hot tamale of a ticket right now gerald uh, i'm not it, sure people are scalping that ticket yeah they how are how much would you say um it is going even the general the gas which are 45 dollars because i'm going to buy one tomorrow for saturday for 45 dollars 
walk in and have no problems on Saturday. If you try to buy that GA today because it's already sold out, it's already going well over two hundred dollars. Oh my God, jeez! And yeah, that's no. and the court sides are going much much higher to say this. Wow. I saw, I saw already people try to get to a two two fifty for general admission for tomorrow night's game. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. That's because you have weird. reserve. You have the court side. You have reserved, and you have GA. That's really yeah. spicy. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I was trying to look at the tickets at the Scotiabank Arena to see them. And uh, a friend of mine was telling me, yeah, there's going to be well over like $600 to see Victor Wimbayana this year. So it's going to be a really expensive ticket to see him drilled. And you got in at the right time, at the right place, because... That would have been the time to see him. Affordable, yep. affordable price. You're going to see the number one, the number two, and the number three pick in the draft. And that would have been the time to see them. Uh, right now, actually, you can save. So if you go to StubHub and you want the general admission tickets, you only have to pay $176, $176. But you have to buy two tickets, unfortunately. So Ooh, there you okay. go. So, so it's bundled. Yeah, Yes. Good luck on that one. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. But I will say though, we will have the Lakers game on at 8 PM tomorrow, Pacific time, 11 PM Eastern. It'll be on playback.tv. So that's Lakers fast break. And then after game, we'll go ahead and be on here for the post game, talking about all that went on in today, including Victor Wimbiama's debut as a NBA summer leaguer. We'll see. It may be the only opportunity people get to see him all summer because we're already seeing teams like already Keegan Murray for the Kings. Joe has already been pulled. He is not going to play in Las Vegas, traveling with the team, but he's not going to play. I have a feeling the Lakers will only give Max Christie one more game if at best, and then they'll pull him. We're going to see these players. You better go ahead and check them out sooner rather than later, because by next week, half of them won't be playing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I don't guys that are going to be in the rotation probably shouldn't be playing just in case, but you know, everyone's happy about Max Christie. I think, you know, we are to, to a degree, but I'm, I'm looking forward to training camp and seeing how things develop there. Um, most of the guys that are playing in summer league are going to be spending some time in the G league or on other teams. And that's okay. At least we got some basketball here to talk about and, um, I think we've been hard on some of the guys, especially our first round pick. <laughs> uh, I want to kind of let let the kid. Does it? It's two know, games so far. Yeah, so let yeah. the let let the. I, I was listening to the show yesterday a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm gotta gotta let. <laughs> we're demanding a little too much from a summer league game uh, from this guy. These guys are st- still kids. They're still. Hey, you know what? But you know something, Joe competition man it, that's just the way it is oh i'm not i'm not uh i'm not gonna fault anybody for being uh i guess aggressive i think it would be kind of contradicting considering how we talk <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it, it is uh it's still yeah yeah we're not we're not ready to we're not ready to uh carry rob palinka over the threshold yet either i, I mean you know, no, I'm, and I'm not going to do that with Rob. Rob's done about everything you can you can do in terms of the control they had, and I think they've done well. Uh, we just would have decided we would have 
the NBA draft is just a different draft. You draft the best player available no matter where, how, what. And <clears throat> Rob didn't do that. Uh, so unless he saw something we didn't see or the scouting department saw something that I would say in two or three years will benefit the Lakers, we're not going to go know until then. And if, if you know, we, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt considering some of the good decisions they've made during the offseason, whether it was through the draft or free agency. The And Handy as well in, in collaboration with him. Yeah, Handy uh, Handy seems to be the the most popular assistant coach. I can I I I I, I guess I know. Uh, I don't want to put too much on him. This is still a head coaching type business, and I'm expecting Darvin Ham to to definitely have something set for for these guys, knowing he's going to go into this season without issue, uh, without a roster, you know, <laughs> need. Right? We don't need anything at this moment other than a center right and i think we're going to have that solved before training camp and then at that point get these guys off and running and make and make sure you you take it you take a little bit of a page from the 2014 san antonio spurs and really 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 study that season probably one of the best run offenses best run defense uh just in general teams that you're probably ever going to see in, 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 in NBA history. And you have that kind of capability if, because you do have LeBron James and AD as your, your two uh, pillars. But that's, that's the stuff I want to talk about. That's the stuff I want to start really kind of delving in and making sure that we understand what, what needs to happen here and how this needs to be constructed. There's enough talent to go around to do this. And you need to put these guys in the right spots and take advantage of their skills. And that's that's going to be it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro along with the Magic Man, Sean Grice. It's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Please help us get over 900 subscribers on YouTube. We're at 892. It's funny because I told Joe before we went on the air, we were at 895 and rocking and pretty good. But then I think all those people that are watching the Sphere video on the YouTube channel, they realized, oh, it's a basketball channel. Sorry. So, yeah, we kind of went down. But now we're on our way back up. We're closing in on 900, and it's truly appreciated. One thing I want to ask now, Magic Man, is because we've been hard on Rob Palenka now for years. And, yes, I still have mm-hmm. issues with Max Christie and his contract because every time he starts to show out means he's getting closer and closer to being a rotational player. As he gets closer to being a rotational player, it means he's getting closer and closer to a contract we have to deal with next summer, which we couldn't or shouldn't have. Given other normal GM circumstances, he also didn't make the pick and make the call on JHS, who, again, two games in, not gotten great returns so far. But, again, it's a learning process. we got to go ahead and give him time. 
Do you have more confidence now like I do? And I'm going to be honest with you. I have a little bit more confidence now in Rob now that he had a really good depth building. Really no home run, home runs, but he got Austin Reeves at a great price. He got D'Lo at a tradable price. He got Rui a little bit overpriced, but you can still trade that contract really easily. He got other players at a really good affordable price. Again, a very good summer for Rob. I like the fact he's on a roll, and now I can start having a little bit more confidence on Rob outside of what he's doing with the rookies. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, there's definitely a, a progression with him. Uh, hopefully it'll mean more consistent minutes and he actually can break into the rotation. Um, it seemed like he was just turning a corner last year, Gerald, but mm-hmm. we were, we were treading in 13 place for so long that they just, Rob had to pull the, the shoot and that meant, you know, there's something to be said about the law of unintended consequences, Gerald. Mm-hmm. And Max Christie being out of the rotation was just one of those moves that unfortunately was part of the shrapnel of that trade. So, but I was thinking about this, man. Like, at least he's been consistent with these like two year deals. Like, he gave THT one, he's given Austin Reeves one. And now he's given Christie one, so at least he's consistent in that regard. It's it's so not a he's good... consistently making mistakes. mistakes. That yes, yes, is what I'm saying. He's like Michael from the Office when it comes to these contracts. I don't know what it is with him. He just constantly makes the same error over and over again. Two year deal. Two year. Well, that's deal. Two-year that's deal. what I was, and that's the most interesting thing about today. What I was looking for, Magic Man, was the fact that I was looking in the Twitter. And, seeing official reports if the two rookies had signed. Now, obviously, the first-round rookie, JHS, he's got a bracketed. You can't move it or change it or fudge around Mm -hmm. with it. He he has to sign what he has to sign. It's for the amount of years, and it's for the amount of dollars. That's fixed. Maxwell Lewis, on the other hand, you can go ahead and, with the second-round exception, do different things with it. We've already seen four-year contracts from players right around his draft trick. That 34th pick, I think, signed already. He Mm -hmm. he was a four-year, a couple others, three and four years. Does it make you nervous that we're going to see Maxwell Lewis do the same thing again and agree to only a two-year because of what Rob is asking for? Yeah, it it does. It does, Gerald. And I think in Maxwell Lewis' case, it's a different situation because – from most of the the um, evaluations that um, you can see about Lewis is that, uh, and I'm using the best two that we have because Stone Hansen and Raphael Barlow, as far as I'm concerned, have the highest amount of esteem on this podcast Absolutely. as far as as far as their uh, expertise goes. So both of those guys think that Lewis is. Definitely at least a year away and possibly two years away. So, like we said, Gerald, if Polinka is signing Lewis to a two-year deal, it means he's blossoming at the time when he becomes maybe a UFA, and that's an issue. Like, I would really hope that they sign him to at least three, hopefully four, 
because, you know, he is a process player. He's not a plug-and-play player. Um, it's going to be a process with him. Adam, he's going to make the roster, or he's going to be somewhere on the roster. They Remember, they spent, how much did they spend? $4 million Four. to move up to... Four, yeah. yeah. It, he's no, an investment, Adam. He's an yeah. investment. They spent just to move up seven spots. Last year, they spent, what, two and a half? I think it was 2.7. Yeah. To, to buy into the second round to get Max Christie. So you're talking about $6 million before you even paid them a dime just to get them on your team. So, yeah, I know he gave us the donut yesterday. And again, like JHS, you don't want to take a whole bunch away from that yet. So Maxwell Lewis, I don't think you were going to go ahead and just say you kick him off the team because you've already made a multi-million dollar investment on him before you even drafted him. And and he was slotted, Gerald, anywhere from uh, I saw seventeen to like in the mid thirties. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't really realistically supposed to be there at forty. So again, I thought that was a very um, uh, foresight of a move by Palinka by list probably listening to his own scouts and getting a vibe off the floor that. There are possibly going to be two or three guys available that should probably not be within our grasp. So, it, you know, it's incumbent upon him to make a smart decision here, Drill, and sign Lewis to, you know, a four-year contract. Because, again, like to reiterate, great skills, has a lot of potential, but he's not a plug-and-play player yet. He's a process player. It's going to take a little bit of seasoning for him to uh, – feel comfortable in a role in the NBA. Want to go ahead and give a big shout out to Keenan Williams, who one of our audio listeners who answered <laughs> one of our Q and A's a couple days ago. I want to go ahead and thank him so much because he thought that Austin Reeves was the best deal so far for the Lakers in free agency. And I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think that one's going to mature as well. Joe, I'm going to ask you that here in a second. I also want to go ahead and mention that Rodell, Appreciate your email to us at LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Hopefully got my response on that and truly appreciate you going ahead and checking out our show. Whether you like our opinions or not, we truly respect yours as well. Joe, I want to ask you this, though. When it comes to what you're seeing with the Lakers, do you have more confidence now in what Rob is doing going forward? I feel that now he's on a little bit of a roll. I'm going to give him a little bit more slack. I'm going to say I have a little bit more confidence in him. And the fact that he's learned, like Darvin Ham has learned how to coach a little bit better, made his mistakes initially, and hopefully he's doing a little bit better. We're seeing that same thing as far as no Russell Westbrook trades or nothing that looks out, you know, just out, really just horrible. I think so far he's doing a lot better than he was this time last year. You're in the NBA, you're only as good as your players, as as great as well, great. you and I saw this. I mean, when we when we saw Patrick Beverly, you were on it day one. Russell Westbrook, we I was we were on it day one. I don't know. I was on it day one. I don't know if you were. I don't remember if you were mm-hmm. on it day one. No, uh, he wasn't. But, he wasn't. Okay, okay. but he, he caught on pretty was, quick. That was. Yeah, it was you and me. We were okay. we were we were on that train by ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, because we thought it was such a – I mean, the, and we're not paid analysts to go ahead and evaluate this talent. And if we can see these things, he needed to see these things. And now 
I think, Joe, that finally he's starting to see the forest from the trees and evaluate talent a little bit better. I don't think that's what it is. I just think they made a really bad mistake with Westbrook and it just made everything well, bad. Well, G- Gerald, Gerald put it very succinctly. He basically, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Gerald, but you basically said that Polinka oversimplified what he was looking at and you used that one image that we've all come to know about Russell Westbrook. He's, he's by himself about a 15-foot radius between him and uh, the next Laker, which would be LeBron as a Houston Rocket, because that's who he was. And Gerald used that as the basically image concept for him coming to the Lakers. And I agreed with him because it was just a, it was just an oversimplification that Polinka made. Absolutely. I think, again, it's it's better. I'm not saying he's going to be winning GM of the year or he's a great GM or anything like that. I said he's moving, he's improving. He's understanding talent, hopefully a little bit better. I hope he will understand that when it comes to the rookies. Maxwell Lewis looks lost out there right now. Magic Man quoted that on our playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break. And I think he, in order to pop, is going to need at least three years to pop. So you need to sign him for and commit to three years for him. That's what I want to see next. That's the that's the next phase, Sean, for Rob Palenka is understanding with this young talent that they need time to develop. And because of what the salary cap does and doesn't do for you, you have to plan it out accordingly. Yes, you do, Gerald. You have to you have to uh, plan if you do have process players and not plug and play that there is an organization and you stick to the plan. The plan needs to be, what would you say, compact. Like it needs to be formulated right away. Like you can't, it's not like on the go. Like they're, like you said, Gerald, you have a plan, you stick to it you plot it out and you let the chip fall with me, but they need to have a process here with these three guys because, and Joe is right too. I mean, you can't be too hard on the, uh, on a 19 or 20 year old kid, but all three of these players are very, are very nice. They have the outlines of very good basketball players at their, at their, um, uh, ceiling. Some of them have floors, and this is really up to up to them and Phil Handy because Gerald reviewing it. None of these guys are ready to come in and play twenty to twenty five minutes for us and be rotational players. Um, they're all process players at this point. Uh, like we said, I think JHS, while being the first round pick, also has I think the most work to do. Um, especially defensively, because what's really concerning, Gerald, and I have a chance to think about it again, is what you were, what you were saying. Though, like north to south, he gets beat badly, and you that can't that's a no no in the NBA. You can't allow line drive um, attacks as a defender, or you're going to find the pine very quickly. And the thing is, I also noted that when he's driving to the basket, yes, he's getting fouled, he's getting contact, he's getting these shots up, but 
he's not driving by anyone. He's not driving by anyone at all. He's doing it in front of everybody. I mean, I'm looking at it right now on the Los Angeles Lakers Twitter, and they've got a, you know the highlights of him, and they're saying it's the finesse, the finesse. Well, that's the thing that they try to say to you when you realize you cannot get by the guy with quickness or speed, where on the other end, these guys are getting by on quickness and speed around him. Does that concern you at all? When it comes to yes, especially, especially the way the game is played. He need he needs to have his head on a swivel. All the all perimeter defenders do now in the NBA, and and at the very least, you need to be able to. If you can't keep the man in front of you, then you need to either uh, trap or figure out a way to get help because as a rookie he's being exposed badly and he also needs to communicate better right trail i mean the, the, like you said first two summer league games hopefully he learns from from um the weaknesses and the the issues but for the most part like you said uh, uh, he just needs to be more focused Absolutely. And hopefully, again, work on, you know, ways that he could be smarter defensively and and also being able to go ahead and, and work on that jump shot. Joe, though, when you see Max Christie again, we were not I'm not sure how much longer we're going to see Max Christie here in the summer, because with these second year players, you do need to be substantially better than your rookie counterparts in summer league. That's usually the way it goes. Second year players are supposed to dominate and play well. If they're not, then that's already a telling sign. Max Christie has done extremely well on the offensive end. So I'm looking forward to seeing maybe getting one more game out of him before the Lakers finally decide to pull him. Your thoughts though, on how much longer you would allow Max Christie to be in the lineup. Rodell was emailing us talking about Max Christie. You know, he's already seen enough and whatnot. Uh, you know, I've, defense, I don't think anybody's really focusing on the defensive end here in Summer League, but working on your shot, working on passing, distributing, working on your handle, those are the things you can kind of work on. I'd like to see him in more games, but I have a feeling we're only going to see him in one more. The more work you get, the better you get. He's not in a position to take time off. This is a second-year player who didn't play a lot his first year. Uh, if you're going to continue to worry about people getting hurt, then you might as well just go stay home and play with your stuff because uh, I'm, I'm really sick and tired of hearing that. Uh, Max Christie needs as much time to play, as much time to hone his skills right now. If he has, if he has got to do three summer summer league leagues to, to get better and better for training camp, you do that. And his judgment's going to be, can he hit the open shot and stay in front of his man? He showed a little bit that he can't play defense even though he was limited last year, and he has shown that he's got a some good uh, some good uh, shooting that that's 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 showing up and can get some good elevation in his shot. Uh, it's going to be much easier for him to get space when he plays with the pros versus the guys that don't really know angles yet, don't know how to create separation like the summer league crew. So that's the encouraging part. That's the part we want to see it. That's the encouraging part we want to see. And we're going to probably see that in the preseason when, when LeBron and AD are playing the first quarter. I would like to see if uh, Darvin Ham can throw Max Christie in there before they get out so that we can see how he plays with those guys. If they 
get open shots to him and he makes those shots, this thing could go very quickly in their positive direction for the Lakers. Because let's just say Max Christie has a Austin Reeves type second season. That could be a difference maker. At least just from the shooting. I'm not expecting him to be a ball handler and create offense and any of that. That's not really his game. His game is going to be three and D. Can he be our three and D? If he is shooting 35 to 40% from three, playing 20 minutes a game, and he can stay in front of his guys, you know, with, 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 with some consistency, he is going to be a rotational player. And by the time the playoff starts, he could be somebody they can rely on. And that's, that's what we're going to be figuring out as the year goes by. Now, the negative part of that is what Rob did in terms of his contract. If he kills it, now we're going to have to worry about paying him, what, $10 million a year? Uh, well, it is I mean, it But is. the thing is, you have to do it sooner, and you could have avoided doing that. That's more financially sound to put these kids on $1 million contracts for three or four years. And then you have to worry about, you know, putting them on that RFA for, like you said, 10 to 12, whatever, like you're seeing now. I just, it just makes more financial I think, uh, and, and, and understand something here, Gerald. I think we overvalue this issue. Uh, I don't. I, I, I think you are. It's it's not that drastic, honestly. Okay, I, so next year for no Chats. Gonna drop the- 20, no one's going to drop 20 or $25 million on Max Christie. So let's not, don't worry about I it. I know, but let's say he goes for Look what happened with the Austin Reeves. He got, he got on the average, 14 a year. We were sitting there I, going, he's going to get 25 from the Spurs. I understand that. He didn't even Joe, get but, 20. So, but you understand this as well. Let's say he gets 15 for next year, for two years. He won't. Let's say it's, that's, eight, that's seven and a half a year. Let's say it's seven and a half a year. Let's just say that, okay? Okay, seven and a half a year is not bad. But if he's if the Lakers are above a certain tax apron, they have to pay taxes on him. So it's a mm-hmm. lot more money. Mm. Mm. Yes, like when you... Why? What was the reason why they didn't didn't keep the the uh, what was it? The Clippers didn't keep Eric Gordon. It's because they would have had to pay a hundred and ten million dollars. Sucks. Well, because they wanted to keep him, but they wouldn't want to pay twenty million in regular salary and one hundred and ten million dollars in tax. Yeah, but doesn't Balmer like have a lot of money? It's also running your business. You you have a lot of money too, you've, as you've said on this show. Joe, but you you want to run your business financially sound? Is that not correct, Joe? He has a he's agreeing with me, but oh, he he left. He left. <laughs> there he is. Go, go ahead and bring. I'm just saying, you you run your you always want to run your your business financially sound. Is that not correct? Uh, yeah, but I don't think Eric Gordon not being a clipper had anything to do with money, really. It just had to do with performance. Okay. Well, it's a, still, again, for instance, Plumley. Plumley, they signed for a $5 million contract with the taxes. I think it's $25 million. So, you know, proof. once you get over those aprons. My proof is, it, you just multiply. proved my point. So, if you sign next year christy and he pops to let's say a seven and a half million dollar deal or seven million dollar deal and the lakers are above a certain tax apron it's going to cost them more it would have cost them less had they signed him on those three you have an expiring years. contract with d'angelo russell so you'll be you'll be okay all right uh you say that now 
we'll hold you to it next summer. But it is the Lakers Fast Break. This Gerald Glassford. I truly appreciate everyone joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. Sean, I want to ask you this. When it comes to what you're expecting to see in Summer League over the course of the next few days, you actually thought the opposite in the chat while Joe was talking about Max Christie. He wants to see him continuously play out through at least the, the three games that they're supposed to play. If they actually win, they obviously progress forward in their, their playoffs type structure at the Summer League. But if they don't, then they just play three games. You've already said that you've already seen enough and that he's, he's good to go. So you ain't thinking the exact opposite of Joe on that. Yes. Um, we have Austin Reeves coming up who's about to play in the FIBA World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see a situation where neither one of those guys has a problem going into training camp. But, Gerald, as we know, there's an inherent risk for the more minutes you play, the higher degree of probability it is that at Paul some George. point you're going to get hurt. So I'd like to see Max play about 30 minutes on Friday against the Warriors. I'm sure he'll have a good game. And then that's it. Like, you're you're capped out. We'll see you in training camp. Cheer on your teammates. You know, a lot of things can happen between now and then. I just, like you said... Gerald said it earlier in a previous podcast. It's it's not necessarily Max Christie himself. It's that particular position, that backup shooting guard position is very important for the Lakers. That's in flux. He has it's every chance flux. to win. He has every chance to win that, that role ahead of Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. He has every Myers chance. Leonard until that's his name. Myers Leonard. For what oh yeah, that's yeah, that's Myers Leonard. That's the one that yeah, absolutely. He said the uh, anti-Semitic comments. Yeah, He's but but yeah, Gerald, well. the the shooting guard position is in flux. Myers right. Leonard. Yeah, that that backup position is in flux. It needs stability, and right now it looks like Max Christie can provide it. So I'd like to see him play again, play really well on Friday, but sit. The look. The Sacramento Kings had no problem playing Keegan Murray those two games, but he was the best player on the floor. He's probably the best player in the tournament if they go to it, but they decide, nope, that's it. You're you're sitting. We've seen enough. Absolutely. Um, So I think it would be, uh, it would behoove the Lakers to uh, uh, assign the same importance that Max Christie has the Lakers, that Keegan Murray has the Kings. But I will go ahead and I will uh, come back at you with something Joe is is probably leaning to, which is the reason why I would actually like to see Max Christie work on his game because we didn't get a long look at Max Christie during the course of last season, as opposed to Keegan Murray, who got, uh, he was in the starting lineup for the Kings all the season and got playoff minutes. And actually there was one game he was starting. He wasn't doing well. He wasn't doing well. Then he popped huge in one of those playoff games. So we've seen what he can do, and it looks like he's even progressed even more. And in case anyone gets hurt for the Kings, it could be a good sign for him, his development even more. But when it comes to Max Christie, we didn't get a good look at him 
for an extended period of time on the floor in his first season. So I think these are games that he needs now, even if it's just to work on distributing the ball, passing the ball, shooting. He's done very well so far this, this, this actual exhibition summer league season. So I'm not really as concerned about that, but it's always nice to keep the, the stroke handy on that. But basically going ahead and also working with these rookies as well, JHS and, and also Maxwell Lewis and, and, and of course, Castleton as well, getting those guys, it'd be great to have someone that's a quote unquote veteran out, out there on the floor with them. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, when we see Max Lewis in the game, I would love to see a stat or two where a play is designed to get him a couple of open shots. Agreed. Because Agreed. He, he really needs to be able to have the confidence from his teammates to shoot the ball. Cause it, it felt like it felt he was like just he, running out there for exercise. Yeah. That's what it felt like Gerald instead of with a purpose. And he, 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 the, the film on him was, was very, very impressive. He's a very purposeful young man when he sets his mind to it, but he's got to have the confidence to take the shots. And I think his teammates owe it to him to feed him the ball. But also takes a coach. I don't again. I don't not familiar with JD Dubois. I don't no. know his background or, or record. I would do a Joe Soro and get in his face and tell him, "You want to play in this league? You better be aggressive and you better take the damn ball to the hoop or shoot it." Because if you yeah. play like that in 17, 18 minutes and get a donut continuously, and you don't do much else in the box score, that tells me all you were doing was running up and down the floor. Yeah. Maxwell Lewis needs that kind of talk right away in order to go ahead and realize, you know what, this is a man's league now, and you have to go ahead and be there for it. Yes, 100%. Uh, uh, we don't need to go into the same Mitchell 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 speech, but you need to give more than a goose egg out there. Absolutely. Like you said, Gerald, you can't play with a chicken with your head cut off just running around aimlessly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, at any job, you'll find your way to um, sitting in the in the lunchroom for about five hours until they tell you you can go home or <laughs> any other job for that matter. So it, it doesn't bode well for, for Lewis, like you said, Drill, just to, to get a sprint out there. Like your second round pick, assert yourself, show us what you can do. One thing I did want to ask you, Joe, when it comes to Colin Castleton, who has been the most impressive of the rookies so far, which, you know, give or take, that's probably not the best thing to say is when Castleton is the best rookie out of all of them so far. That's great for him, but not doesn't bode well or speak well of JHS and Maxwell Lewis, the guys you spend a ton of money on already. Your thoughts, though, on what Castleton needs to work on in the coming days. Well, it's easier for a big to to adjust to the to the NBA than a than a guard, especially a guard that doesn't have the the quickness uh, or the shot from from distance on a on a consistent basis. There's going to need to be a lot of work for the guards to guard league. It's a perimeter league. And it's never been this much of a perimeter league ever in its history. Castleton is has very good fundamentals for a non-drafted rookie. He obviously has the height, which you can't teach, and he has good body control under the basket or even when he's getting any kind of uncontrolled 
pass by 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 a teammate and can can get the ball in the hoop. These are all things that are very encouraging in terms of a base. And then once he starts to train and get good coaching here, uh, being a two-way player and going back and forth to the G League and back on hopefully a few games here and there, depending on how the Lakers uh, divide their minutes with all their guys, we're going to get a chance to see this guy improve uh, greatly as the season goes on. I hope so. Again, I'm rooting for the kid. Although, do you think he's going to get much of a shot at the big time? Or is he going to be, especially with that two-way contract, he gets a limited number of games with the Lakers if they keep him on the two-way and don't bump him up. He's, that means he's going to spend a lot more time at South Bay than the Lakers. He's probably going to he's probably going to go the way of Max Christie last year. Max, Max Christie was good enough to play last year, but the Lakers were in such a hole, they couldn't really dedicate too much time for him. The Lakers were essentially playing must-win games uh, for really every game after the All-Star break. So they couldn't let Max Christie go make some mistakes during a game and develop that much quicker. And had they been able to do that, I think Max Christie might have actually guaranteed himself uh, an even bigger role coming into this year. So he's... The, the, the importance of him playing right now is there. Uh, we, we are, we're in this mindset as a society that as soon as you see something positive, the first reaction is, okay, scale back. Scale back. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we don't want to cause a problem. It is such a mental, midget, weak-ass mentality that it's become accepted so much that even the staunch, tough guys – have wilted under it and it needs to stop. (laughs) Stop being a wussy, play hard. If you guys want to inspire yourselves, there's a guy that's really popular on, on around his name is, I think is David Goggins, Goggins, whatever his name is. This guy runs like hundred mile marathons, right? This guy went through Navy seal training like eight times before he made it. And, killed himself look if this guy can do it anybody can do we're human beings you know use your use your mental focus to get going go for 20 years playing like a madman you you can do it too stop being a wussy well the only thing is though as roy pointed out it's very astutely and great to have you here roy uh fellow vegas personnel hopefully you'll stop by summer league again i'll be there saturday if anybody wants to see if if you are coming by saturday to summer league Give me a heads up. I'd love to come and meet you. I'd love to come by and say hi. And thank you for watching and take the time out of your day to check out the Lakers fast break. But when it comes to Castleton, my friend, Roy is right. He, he's going to get a lot more time at the G League level, my friend. He's going to get a lot more burned there and the occasional game if the Lakers need it. But he, he's going to get a lot more time to develop his game if he plays the majority of his minutes at South Bay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm gonna to have to see how that develops. But he's 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 got he's got a promising uh, future here. If he stays healthy and he, and he works hard, he will be an NBA player. There, there's no doubt. Again, he's he's got the physical traits there. He's got good fundamentals. I mean, his stat line the other night was pretty deep. You know, about 18 points, and six rebounds, and four blocks, and. You know, he was all over the place. He was doing everything. 
it's nice, nice seeing that from a big just man. The, but he needs to learn the discipline because, as you and I both know, if he has that discipline or lack thereof now, Sean. Well, that might be know. it. That might be it. Uh, again, when you have 10 fouls, you can be a little bit more aggressive. The other thing yeah. is uh, young bigs are the most picked on players in a in an NBA game. That's why the referees is, have that target which, on them. Which is why refereeing in the NBA is so stupid. What difference does it make if it's a big or a or a small or a medium or a extra small or a medium small? Like, dude, just can you just let the game tell you what's a foul instead of make giving the guy seven fouls when three of them were not even fouls? Like, why are you giving them a foul? Like, what? Who? Who decides this? Do these guys get together and go? Listen, we're gonna be very very like into these bigs. Well, fouls. actually, in that last game, Joe, you were saying that you didn't actually mind the fouls being called because you thought the referee was so hot. Uh, Remember the blonde lady? I don't know if I said it like that. Yeah, you pretty you much did. did. <laughs> you pretty much did. You pretty much uh, did. Your, your guys' interpretation of how I say things is so off. Okay, it's it's on playback. I can always go ahead. It's it's on the it's on the recorder. It's in the cloud right now. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure I remember what I said. And I, you, I'm you, pretty you sure you didn't you didn't you didn't Red Fox you, you, it or Larry you butchered, it out, you butchered how you, I you, said. We it. knew what you were saying. You made it sound like I was going. Yeah, I want fouls so like so the blondie can tell me. No, hey, you just said you weren't going that. to argue with the fouls because it came you from know, the block. That's exactly what you said. That's exactly <laughs> those words. You just said you weren't going to argue with it. You guys are so you, full of crap. Don't argue with you, us. You said she was hot, so you weren't going to argue those calls. How can you argue those calls if she's so hot? That's what I think pretty much what you said. But again, if you're not watching us on playback. Yeah, you did. Thanks <laughs> That's it. That's it, Roy. That was a good one. Again, if you're not watching us on playback, you're missing all of this. I'm telling you, the best stuff is on playback.tv. So like, you, you know what the right. funny thing it is? It was so Intel, random. Joe, was, Joe, doesn't, Joe doesn't need to talk to HR. Joe is his HR. Yes, that's the thing. <laughs> so <laughs> It was so random, to talk too. To himself. Was, oh, like, and the other thing, guys, I have cameras everywhere. Yeah. And I have camera. Well, first of all, there's never a, any females in my office, at least when the doors closed. That never happens. I'm very, I'm well aware of the, I'm well aware of the world, and I'm well aware of of people misinterpreting things because people are stupid. So, luckily, I'm in a male-dominated industry. There's not a lot of women that hover around the the yard. Uh, but down the road, when there is more of an administrative type setup, and I, I have close friends in the industry outside my 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 working area that are females and they're phenomenal, and we we're like we're like family. So I'm a, I don't worry about it really, guys. I'm just kind of exaggerating it. But at the same time, we're we're here to entertain. This is entertainment, and if I see a good looking person, I'm going to say something, especially a woman. Oh, you uh, did. Yeah, uh, I'm not ashamed of it. If that offends you, that I called. No, some but it was just so woman. random. It's like a foul. If I called, if I, if I called, if I called, yeah, it's 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 gotten it's gotten. It, it's John and I of, were just like, did you just say that? There's there is that there is that retort of, well, are you only looking at her for her looks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm a man. I like good-looking women. He's, I just like the fact that he just like in a total non. What do you want me to say? Oh, I like how her mind. No, looks you just uh, I uh, in that ponytail. Can't really argue with her on the. <laughs> That's what you said. That's what you said. That's what you, your words. But you're, you know, if you're not watching us on playback, if you're we, missing. If we were a lot under of... oath, if we were under oath, we would both say you said that. I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas I plead the fifth. Yes, Are you going to eat those donuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can oh. recall. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news? information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers will look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com once again it is the lakers fast break it is joe soro and <laughs> john grice the magic man along with me gerald glassford thanks so much for watching listening sean uh, before we head it out though again when it comes to what the lakers still need out there they still need i think another big man someone who could provide some type of effectiveness someone who is going to be not more than just a dead body or someone that's ready for the ymca Someone that actually can contribute, you know. I know again, I'm see every single time this names pop up Dwight Howard, Tristan Thompson, the same number names every time in our world famous, world's best Lakers chat room that's out here at the Lakers fast break. But again, I see Christian Wood still out there. It's very interesting to see why he's still out there and why he's not decided to go ahead and go ahead and just sign up with the team right away. Yeah, um, that's interesting in and of itself. Um, he wants more money because I'm sure any number of contenders right now, Gerald would offer him the vet men for him to sign. He wants more money at this point. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure who he's going to get it from. Uh, a lot of the cap space is uh, shriveled up. Um, I think maybe the Spurs and Jazz might have a little, but he's not going to sign with either one of those teams. He's going to sign with a contender for the vet men, or he's going to sign with a team that's kind of kind of floating around that playing position in either conference, and they they convince him to take a little bit more money than the vet men for a little bit more playing time for another year that probably entices him to sign with that a team like that because like i said if 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 a contending team has already offered him the vet men i'm sure the lakers have i'm sure the suns have i'm sure the bucks have i'm sure the sixers have we'll see something tells me he's trying to sniff around to see if he can still have a shot with the heat 
That that's what that's what I'm hearing. But the thing is, he'll be playing behind Bam Adebayo, and if he, Phoenix, he plays behind DeAndre Ayton, the Lakers he can actually find his way on a rotation if he decides to go ahead and realize this is my last stop for a last chance to do something really special and get my life back in gear and get my career back in gear. If he goes and plays for the Lakers, he may very well find himself deep in the rotation and possibly at some point in time, a starter playing alongside AD. Yes. Uh, you know, again, uh, on court, he's an incredible talent. And if you look a lot around the landscape drilled, it's very sound. Sign with the Lakers to have a role. He would have minutes allotted to him. Shots as well. His usage rate is very, very good over his career for, for his shot selection. Um, and like you said, it would be a plug-and-play situation. Um, will he take the vet men and, like you said, do some introspective thinking and maybe... If I sign for the vet men with a team like the Lakers, I show my stuff and I get a nice big payday in the summer. We'll see, Gerald. I always tell, but like we said, follow the money, right? So to me, it, it always portends to what dollars can he get around the league that's more than the vet men because that's what him and his reps are thinking about right now. That's for sure, but Joe, it is going to be interesting to see how they fill up the last player on the roster, most likely. They do have two spots, but they are going to probably keep it open, which means one of the two-way guys are going to probably be let go, most likely be Cole Swider, who as a three-point shooter is shooting very well. But as noted earlier today uh, by a great, uh, you know, email by Rodell, you know, there's not much else that you get from Cole Swider. It looks like the Lakers are only going to get one more person involved in here. I think the Lakers can't just go ahead and give it up for, or just go ahead and sign the, the nearest old body that they can get because out of the JaVale McGee's and Hassan Whitesides and, you know, all the other old 30 plus year old centers, there is still someone that can make a difference on this roster. If they decide to go ahead and make the hard pitch to him, try to convince him to go ahead and say, you know what, if you stick with the Lakers and it works out, it can really boost your career. Who's this? Christian Wood. The issue with Christian Wood, besides possible personality issues, is he doesn't play a lick of defense. And the second you start seeing the layup line with him in the lineup is when people are going to start hating him. But at the veteran minimum, it's worth it. And that's what we're waiting on. Sean said... He's probably waiting to get more money, and Houston still has some money in the in, the, in their cap. But I don't think they're, they. Want I think the back. Lakers can only offer him the veteran minimum. Yeah, that's, that's all. Point. That's it. He's gonna have to likely if he doesn't get signed by a, a team with some space uh, to, to give him more money. He's gonna have to go to a contender, and his he has a possible starting position in LA, and then he can bet on himself and say, all right, I'm going to bust my butt here in the next year and play a little defense, show what I got, help AD not have to deal with the center position most of the time during the year, help this team win a championship, and then he'll get his $10, $15 million next year. 
Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I thought about this today. Dwight Howard was was supposed to be a problem. When he came to L.A. in 2020, he wasn't a problem. Uh, Rondo was a problem everywhere he was until he came to L.A., played for the vet minimum. Same with uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, Rondo was the the third was the third star in 2020. And don't let me forget to say something about Rondo before we head it out, but go ahead, Joe. Okay. So the, the Lakers have a track record of bringing in guys for the veteran minimum that were supposedly kind of shunned, shunned away. And they were extremely important in a title run. I think Christian Wood might be a guy that might work. We're not we're not talking Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was a $47 million disaster. If he was making Fed minimum, it wouldn't have been a big deal. He probably would have been bounced after a month on the team, right? Probably would have cut him or traded him or whatever, right? But this situation, it, it's, it's eerily similar to what we had in 2020, and it's a position where he actually does play well on offense, has youth on his side. It's worth getting him if he doesn't get the money he wants. And I, I that's I think that's all the Lakers are waiting for. They're waiting to see if Christian Wood is going to sign somewhere. If he doesn't, I really believe they're going to be aggressive in getting him. I agree with you on that. But before we head on out, guys, I wanted to mention, you know, right now uh, they're, uh, excuse me, LeBron is with Bronny in a, uh, a coaching event, just type sometimes, not AAU, but uh, for a lot of uh, college bound kids, uh, top level high school kids, they're playing in a tournament right now. And wouldn't you know who's coaching alongside LeBron James, Sean? But none other than Rajon Rondo, which leads me to my question that I asked you guys a couple of weeks ago about Rajon Rondo. I understand he had the the issues, the legal issues. Looks like he's gotten by on them, and you know, pretty much no one talks about it anymore. Your thoughts about Rajon Rondo? I think he would still, despite what Joe says, I understand he's going to probably get fired for chewing someone out. But I really think though that he'd be a good coach in the league. You see him working with LeBron on the sidelines earlier today. I still think there's a future in, you know, and I think he would be a great fit in LA as uh, you know, we saw with Damari Carroll. I think he would be a great fit on the coaching staff for the Lakers. In answer to your first question, Gerald. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a natural. I think he'd be a natural. Uh, I understand a lot of people probably be thrown off by his temperament as a player, but you understand the different transition that it takes from being a player to being a coach. Dennis Johnson was a very feisty, very temperamental player as well. Transitioned to be a hell of a coach. God rest his soul. Died on the court. Um, But he learned to transition from being a very loud, temperamental, feisty player to hanging back a little as a coach. I think Rondo is um, very, very intelligent and smart enough to understand that, you know, there's a time and a place to to say your piece when you're a player versus when you're a coach. I think he's he I think he's gonna end up being a brilliant NBA head coach, Gerald. I really do. I think, you know, there could always be room 
for another mind like that on your on your uh, on your bench, especially in today's day and age. Um, will it happen? I don't see it, but I agree, Gerald. I think it'd be a smart move to have him at the end of your bench. And I know I'm going back and forth with the best Lakers chat room that's out there, Joe, at the Lakers fast break in regards to a backup center. But I have the belief that when you have 15 slots, you need to find 15 players each of them that are had their own unique skill set that will help you win games. And they're not just filler. They're not just there for practice fodder. When it comes to players in the past, like when you Gabriel, uh, I know you guys, Mo Bamba say about what, what, about what he brought. These are players and, t- and Tristan Thompson that are geared. You get them in. They're more for practice. They're really not going to do enough to help you win games. I don't like that mentality. I like signing 14 to 15 players. If it's realistic, Joe, if it is realistic to go ahead and help you win games, I really think, and I agree with you on his defense, that still at times, if you can find a Christian Wood and you can somehow attract him and get him involved in the mix, he can go ahead during the course of the season and get hot and win you a couple games. The job of the coach is to preserve his two stars. If that means that you use Christian Wood in the heavily in the 82-game window and then have to adjust and tell Anthony Davis, we're going to need you more at the five because defenses are going to be a little bit more valuable then, and then we're going to shift Rui to the power forward, blah, blah, blah. Those are the type of things that Darby Ham is going to need to figure out. It's going to be important. And they did do that during their title run. Uh, they were series where they played Dwight Howard heavily. And then in the finals, Dwight Howard was non-existent because Dwight Howard couldn't spread the floor against Miami. And Miami forced you to play small ball. Uh, the issue that we've had with Darvin Ham is he, he's in love with the He's got what I call Dave Roberts-itis. He is a stubborn a-hole when it comes to the small lineups, small guard lineups. And no matter who they're playing and what they're playing, this is not just a – I'm throwing Dave Roberts under the bus because I just I wish he wasn't a Dodger manager. Um, really? What would ever give me that but, but But, uh, but Darvin Ham's – at least up until the playoffs, was suffering what so many coaches that have sabotaged their careers do. Stubborn ass. Stubborn freaking asses. Adjust to the damn game. He did that. He did that in the playoffs. And you're sitting there going, what the hell took you so long? What changed? Did somebody finally come and slap you in the back of the head and go, dude, adjust. We've seen it. You know, that's your that's isn't that what Bill Belichick does? Isn't that why he'll he'll run this particular running back 30 times in one game and then give them one carry the next game? Because he adjusts. Adjust. Your job as a coach is to adjust quarter by quarter, half by half, game by game, series by series. So my hope, my Gerald, I should call it now, is 
I hope he can do that starting at training camp, use the depth that he hopefully gets, and preserve these guys so that when they get in the playoffs, then you can continue to be more aggressive on your on your uh, adapting lineups. And I believe when you're in the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. You're going to more than likely play better team ball. I remember Kobe used to talk about that. He goes, when playoffs starts, it's not about individual stats anymore. It's about making sure that team is running on a well as, as a well oiled machine. So number one, preserve your players, preserve LeBron and AD, try to not get them injured. And the better players you have around them, the better you can rely on those guys. And we did get a little bit of that. And once you do that, then everything I think plays, plays kind of runs the line that you need it to run. And that's where I think our, you know, the chat room and others out there and social media or whatnot, Sean, that are claiming, you know, we got to get Tristan back in here. We got to run it back. We got to, you know, we had to get Mo before he signed with Philadelphia and all that. They don't understand that you can pretty much count it, despite what Joe says, and I'm sorry to say this, Joe, that you're going to pretty much count on 15 to 20 games at the minimum for AD and LeBron to be out of the lineup. So you Mm -hmm. need as much scoring punch as you need, as you can get. And Tristan Thompson doesn't give that to you. Mo Bamba really hard for him to get that for you. And, you know, other players, JaVale McGee at this advanced stage, Hassan Whiteside, Dwight Howard, these guys are not going to get you these kind of numbers anymore. The only player that's out there that I can see maybe a Dario Saric if he gets hot and he finds, you know, what a rehab before that devastating knee injury. Your thoughts though on this, the only player I see that I, that is available to do so is Christian Wood. I would be on the phone with his agent or him right away as many times as I could trying to sweet talk him to get on my team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand Gerald. There's some nostalgia and some romanticism there about bringing the band back together. But you know, these are not the days where you bring Josh Powell and DJ Banga back and, you know, the sit at the end of the bench and everybody's I mean, having a gay time. But... Yeah, you could. But he's a functional player. Um, that's who you need to bring in if you're going to bring in somebody. It's not somebody to just sit on the bench and, uh, you know, shoot I mean, the breeze. Is Thomas Bryant going to want to come back after how he left and how he was so unhappy with his playing time in the first place? Yeah. You know, was the grass greener in, in Denver form when Mike Malone bent, uh, essentially just glued him to the bench? I'm just putting that out there, but I'm yeah, agree I with no, I, I understand. Yeah, I agree with you, Sean and Joe. It's true, you know, I, it's I, true, I mean, but it seems like Thomas has a problem, like either with his role or adjusting to a new role. And if you offered him that, Gerald, would you? Oh, be... he did sign with the Heat. Okay, thank you, Roy. He did yeah, he did. Heat. He yeah, did. Right. Okay. Yeah, he did sign with the Heat. He did. Good point. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah, you for the update so... and clarification. So good, so, we don't have to worry about that. But then that leaves only yeah. one left. Again, Dario Saric is great, but he's undersized. Uh, you know, Christian Wood, 6'9", 6'10". You know, someone who's played more at the forward and the center. I know Saric now at this stage of his career, after the devastating knee injury, has to play more five than anything else. Mm. But he really doesn't give you any lift as far as shot-blocking ability. At least 
when he decides to play defense every now and then, he did average a block a game. So he can mm-hmm. block shots for you as far as Christian Wood is concerned. Uh, yeah. The, basically, those, those are your two uh, final slots, basically, uh, for the backup center. I'd offer Sarich and Wood, Vetman. Either one of you is our basically Christian, if you want a starting role on the Lakers, we could give you it, but it's for the vet men. Okay. And you're also probably going to play some backup center. Sarge, we can't offer you a starting position, but you can get some backup center minutes. I'd offer both of them the same contract, Gerald, whoever got back to me first. Great. Well, we'll see what happens again. The Lakers head into Las Vegas, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, as they go ahead and partake in Summer League starting tomorrow. The game is 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have it on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. I know everybody's going to be looking at the game before. I think the game before is the Victor Wembyama game. That's prime time, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on a Friday. So I think that's the one everybody's targeting as far as that. But then the Lakers... You know, there's so many Lakers fans in town that come into town from Los Angeles for this weekend to check out the Lakers Friday and Sunday games. You know, they're going to be around there as well, but I'm looking forward to it. Joe, I mean, again, we talked about Castleton. We talked about Lewis, uh, JHS as well, as far as what they need to do. You and I both agree that uh, unlike Sean, that we think we need to see a full three games for Max Christie. Because again, Joe, if you don't play now, you're talking about workouts for the next two months. Yeah, playing now, playing next month, playing as many times as you can, especially when you're 21 years old. When the hell are you going to play if you're not going to play at 21? When? When you're 40? Just play. Stop freaking talking about rest. Rest what? You didn't play all year, basically. Rest what? You should be playing every week, every day. That's, that's your job now to develop. Develop your shot. Develop your lateral movement. Develop whatever it is that you need to develop so you can be productive. Because we're going to need this guy. We need shooters on this team, as many as we can. We're sitting there hoping that we can go sign some shooter when we might have one on the roster already. That's how this needs to go. Make so those I, shots. I, I, just, I just heard... Uh, an inspirational develop, develop, develop from Joe, and he didn't need to have sweat under his pits like uh, Steve Ballmer did to motivate people. <laughs> that was motivation in and of itself, and Joe didn't re- need to raise his voice above an octave. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I'm sorry. If you're always, if your volume is always up, people- like his is. <laughs> People will eventually tune you out. You got to pick your spots. Sometimes you can't control it and you go a little overboard, but more often than not, you got to be, you got to know when to, when to drop the hammer. And I'm, I'm hoping that in this pansy ass society that we've developed here, that at least maybe there's one voice out there telling everyone what a bunch of, I really want to use the other word, but I can't. Um, what do you just say, wimp? That's a good word. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is true. Just a wimpy society, and and you're all out there. 
You guys are all out there. And you need to stop. Enough. Enough. We've 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 started this horrible roller coaster of just pansyism. I guess that's a good word, pansyism. And it's exhausting catering to a bunch of freaking babies who continue to want to be treated like babies. Grow some balls. Grow some pelotas if you're from Mexico. There's a you know, little international there for you. Wow. All right. Seriously, I'm being serious, guys. It's not a joke. I know you are. I know. Grow a sack. Enough. Enough of the babying. Play. Now, the difference between LeBron playing 40 minutes and Max Christie playing 40 minutes is 17 years. I still want you to have common sense. Common sense. Okay? Stop worrying about 21-year-olds playing too much or I've seen enough. No, you haven't seen diddly squat yet. Play and play and play until we see you at training camp. I want to see you next to the guys. I want to see how you perform there. You perform well there because you're going to get a lot more open shots and, 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 and opportunities because you have next-level talent there helping you because they're not going to they're not going to get away from those guys. They're going to get away from you, and then you're going to make them pay when you're by yourself on the corner. That's it. That's it. And we need to continue that mindset. Keep it going. Keep it going. Kill, kill, kill. We want to win a championship, guys. You have a two-year window with LeBron and AD. You don't know when this is going to come back. We saw what happened after Kobe retired or when Kobe tore his Achilles. We were in a rut with no help with the league, of course, and the whining little bitches in Dallas, Cleveland, and in San Antonio. But that, I, that's a that, that's a discussion we can talk about again later. But um, you get you got to fight through that, and you got to be stern, folks. Stern. When someone starts to get up on your your stuff and make you feel bad for busting your ass and trying to be better, tell them to eat eat it and f off. That goes for anything in your life, by the way. Wow, he did get on that soapbox today. But once it is, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Seriously, it's ridiculous. We're not talking about Max Christie. I've seen enough. No, I have not seen enough of anything. I want 18 in the banner. I want 18 in the rafters this time next year. You don't wait. You don't say it's enough. It's never enough. I remember that also well until, I mean, back in the day when UNLV was running wild as far as the college game, Magic Man, they, you said they were their favorite team. They were my second favorite team behind the Loyola Marymount Lions when they were running gun with Paul Westhead. I think that was just a blast watching them. And, oh, and you know like, same thing with same thing when with with UNLV from those days because they were running wild as well. I just Rebels fun. I just I just have so many wonderful blessed memories of Grandma Ma. Like that was my guy in the nineties. Uh, outside of the Lakers was uh, Larry Johnson. So see Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman, Greg Anthony, all those guys beat the Dukies and beat them badly. They thrashed them, Gerald. I loved it. And, um, you know, I was always a big Tark guy. Um, I always felt that he got a raw deal from the media, 
but yeah, I love to run Rebels. Before we head on out, my friend, two last things I want to cover. Uh, DeJounte Murray, four years, $120 million for a player that didn't exactly mesh 100% well with Trey Young. I mean, mm. he's a good player in his own right. All-star. I'm not trying to dissuade anybody out there mm. on him, but they did trade a ton of draft picks for him. I think it was three first-rounders to give that to San Antonio. So they obviously have a, an investment, so they're going all in with them. But it didn't work the first season around. Do you think it actually gets better? <laughs> they had a decent draft. I'm not sure if that if that will actually mean anything. Uh-huh. Um, trying to put talent around the the two of them. Kobe Bufkin is is pretty good there. No, Gerald. Overall, I do not. I think, unfortunately, I think this is a a, um, a situation where you have to pay a little Double bit. Double down. Yeah, and you double down on your yeah, investment here. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. saying, you know what? Maybe we didn't do the right thing, but we we're gonna try and make it the right thing yeah. by going ahead and investing long term in yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like it it hasn't worked yet. I haven't seen it yet where uh somebody can fit uh, a square into a round hole. So <laughs> I mean, but the Hawks are gonna try again. They, you got to give it to this organization. You know, they really try. They they do. A little snake bitten as an organization, Gerald. You've you and uh, others. I've heard talk glowingly about Dominique Wilkins, but he could just never get over the hump that was the Boston Celtics. We've all heard the the stories of them just licking their chops to select Giannis, but a team that didn't even have Giannis in the building and didn't scout him as much as the Hawks did took him before them. And so now they're trying to Gerald, I think they took some really bad advice that front office because their ownership is basically uh, a son is running that organization. A son of the man of the billionaire who owns the Hawks runs their team. The son of Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, that is now in second generation own- ownership. So the issue is, is the Hawks are in a great. Well, you build- can say the Lakers are technically that too. Yeah, but the, the situation is a little different with the Lakers, Gerald. Genie Buss inherited a legacy franchise. What are the Hawks? Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah. Great building, great building, and you're in a great part of town. But it's the same thing. I agree. Of, I agree, Intel. Kind of like Jim Buss. Yeah. Yep. And now you've had, like Gerald said, they've doubled and tripled down. Now you've they're, had. They're not admitting their mistakes, so let's go ahead and double down on something that didn't work last season. Okay. Yeah, it's not. All it's right. not going to bode well. Like looking at their roster, they're maybe this team, this team two years ago when they went to the conference finals had a whole bunch of talent brimming with young talent. Yeah, they but they had an upside. You know something, Gerald? It was very reminiscent of the Portland Western Conference Finals run a couple years before that. Um, I don't know why the Hawks thought they were one player away, Gerald. They're not well, one player. Well, they went to the Conference finals, finals. That's why. Right, exactly. And they fooled themselves into thinking that they were one player away, and they thought that they convinced themselves that it was uh, – uh, DJ Murray. Well, it's not. 
you you're at least three there in the east and it doesn't matter three four players away and but you've had to pay for it now because you've had to pay for your mistake and it's a bit of an inflationary issue too murray's not exactly worth all that much but like you said gerald with the climate we're in that's that's what he got you dumped you dumped collins for a bag of chips after all the speculation over the years Mm -hmm. that you were going to trade him but you probably got a whole ton of offers for him then you just passed on it now you just realized your your ignorance and now you dumped him from a bag of chips capella you're probably going to dump for a bag of cookies which is going to be just as bad because he's still an effective player he's not the player he once was but he's still an effective player so Mm -hmm. yeah it just seems like the hawks are just on that going to be on that downhill slide but we'll see Joe, I also want to ask you this. I'm asked Sean that, but he's Sean's already doing his pre-order on this, and that is Kobe was announced as the cover athlete of NBA 2K24. He is now. Didn't you say he's leading all time in video game box covers? Or I forgot. I yeah. just glanced at the list. Yeah, no, he he is Gerald. He he now officially had Kobe has six video game covers, blows basically everybody out of the water. MJ and AI have five so Kobe surpassed them surprisingly Shaq has four LeBron only has two at this point so I I, I, LeBron's in his 21st year had two video game covers we're not going to get another five (laughs) before he leaves so it's going that will be cemented nobody will ever have seven as long as I'm alive that will be Kobe's standalone and 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 all respect, Gerald. It should be um, twenty-four. Should be nothing the most the most prolific score of his generation. You could argue the most prolific score in NBA history. Yeah, you should have the most video game covers. And when it does go back to being more than one outlet or a different entity producing video games for basketball in the NBA once again, which I hope it does, because I liked it so much more in the two thousands, Joe when you had a choice of NBA video games, when Sony and Microsoft had their own video games along with EA, you know, they were all making their own video games before 2K decided to get the license, just like Madden got the license for the NFL. I like it when it was more open up to all the different platforms. But again, the best thing about it, Joe, is someone who is beginning to really get to know the video game side of the world and industry is that, Finally, they're 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 talking about crossplay between PlayStation and Xbox for NBA 2K24. Yeah, My God, finally, finally, they, they, they're doing. They have to do something, considering most of the people running that industry are actually worse than what the people are running the movie industry. Uh, this goes back again to the absurdity of st- just how stupid people have gotten not understanding that we're in a service business. Entertainment is about talent, not about making everyone even. There is no even. You cannot duplicate Tom Cruise. Okay, you can't go to India and find someone in Bollywood and turn him into Tom Cruise. Do you understand people? There's a difference. And the reason why I'm bringing this up because it does correlate with what we're talking about and what we've been talking about here. It's it's gotten out of hand. This is a talent business, the entertainment business, whether it's video games, whether it's putting Kobe, putting Kobe on a cover. Why are they putting Kobe on the cover? 
He's not even here anymore because he still resonates. That shows that you still appreciate what greatness is. And there's only a few people that have ever lived that have achieved that kind of greatness. Out of all the basketball players, all the actors, I've said this numerous times, all the movie stars and all the famous people that have come out of L.A., that have lived in L.A., that have performed in L.A., no one can hold a candle to Kobe Bryant, except maybe Magic. That's it. You said yesterday on the most important Lakers of all time, Magic was at the top of the list. Magic, Magic is can be number one because there might not be what the NBA is now without him. And, and no one really understands now. Like It's just like those who are saying LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. You'll notice that most of the people that say that were born in 2000, 1995. They didn't really see Michael Jordan play. You need to ask someone that actually watched Michael play in his prime, Kobe in his prime, LeBron in his prime. I got the tail end of magic. I was not old enough to really remember magic in 80, 82, 85, and 87. I got him more towards like 89 and above. So Kobe gets his cover. And I I had a it was a bittersweet feeling today. I once in a while I get this wave of and it, it also factored in a little bit more because when I was doing the apparel yesterday, I was telling my uh apparel lady where to put the Kobe logo. And I was like, fuck. You know, I was just you know, just sucks. Sucks he's not here. And then you hear about how Nike's gonna release his their gear, his gear again, which I've been begging for this apparel for like a decade. Like, what the hell's taking so long? I have to scowl eBay to get any pair of shoes that that are of any relevance. It's bittersweet, and I'm, 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 I'm not. I wasn't emotional about it, but it's gone. It's gone from emotion of depression to, it's, to it's, it's not your fault joe it's a supply issue a supply chain issue bullshit. Hey, hey, let me start on that otherwise i'm gonna go on another soapbox well, go ahead i can't man these people want to hear about basketball they want to hear about stupid ass business well we, um, we we're almost out of here can you the, the, can the you... supply chain thing is the biggest crock of when someone tells you that it sounds like it it sounds like it every single time i hear it it is. Nice. You want to know that? You want to know what it is? Call me. Call me, and I'll explain it. <laughs> and I have proof. I have proof. <laughs> proof. That's the beauty. Beautiful thing about having conviction, and 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 saying something with conviction is if you want to come find out if it's true, I can give you proof. <laughs> I got proof of why that stuff is just pure. Just we've accepted mediocrity. We've accepted trash. Uh, the only thing I'd say, Adam, uh, with the list, we were talking about on last night's show about the list that Jeannie made about the five most important Lakers. And uh, her list was Kobe. Uh, I guess it was Kobe, Kareem, Magic, LeBron, and Phil Jackson. I would not put LeBron in that list simply because, in fact, he hasn't played enough years with the Lakers, and his career is being defined at most other places. This is just icing 
on the cake. This is just, you know, like a cherry on the top as far as let's, let's him look. with his, his legacy. Well, let me just, let me just finish. Phil Jackson being on there as a coach. Sure. He won what? Uh, two titles with the Lakers. No, actually he won five titles with the Lakers. Excuse me. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're faded there for, for a second, mm-hmm. but five titles mm-hmm. with the Lakers, but his, his career is also defined as a coaching career with the Bulls. With the Lakers, it should be the five most important Lakers. Who left the most indelible mark with the longest tenure there? And, uh, you know, for to ignore players like Jerry West, as Roy Estrada said in the chat, it's just hard for the you know to you to forget someone who made such a commitment. He's the freaking logo of the NBA, for God's sakes, and you left him out of the list. Shaq, who brought you a back-to-back-to-back title, and reached, you know, reformed the Lakers into a dominant, as Joe says, into the dominant team of the century. You know, it's like you completely brushed those guys aside. And to add LeBron, who, again, all-time great player, but he hasn't done as much with the Lakers. It most He won't be more defined, his career's more defined with Cleveland and Miami. So that's what, when you talk about the five most important Lakers, I think she just should have just sidestepped the question, just said there's so many great players I can't choose, and nah, just left that's it a big, that. That's a big ass way to go. She did, she did the right thing. However, she was wrong. See, again, because everybody's saying she's wrong. She's well, you can be wrong and still have you know an opinion. opinion. If you're looking at it from an impact situation, which is important, you have to put magic first, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because he ushered in what the NBA eventually turned into. And he ushered he was in the what guy. the Lakers are, and, he has, are about. and here, 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 so there's two guys on that list that are gonna have to come off, and there's legitimate reasons why. Number one, LeBron and Phil are the ones that are most. Well, Phil cannot be taken out because Phil solved a major issue. That's my point here. So Magic, who who is on the list? Magic, Kareem, Kareem, LeBron, Phil, and Kobe. Right. Uh Okay. So Magic has to be number one. Magic, not only the Lakers, the NBA. Number two. Three, four, five. I, you could put Kobe at two because he carried a he carried that crown for twenty years, right? He is the image of everything that's LA. He is uh, what would what did Fisdell say? He said that the LA Lakers were the they were the heart of Los Angeles, and Kobe was the blood that flowed through it. Like I got goosebumps just saying that. It was one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. Honestly, Fisdell. My hat, uh, I took my hat for that one because that one, that was badass. Um, unfortunately, it came after what happened with Kobe, and we couldn't appreciate it as much. But it's a, it's a hell of a thing. So Magic, you want to put Kobe on number two or three or four? I don't care. The point is, let's look at the scenarios. When Magic came, look at what happened after Magic came. When Shaq came, look what happened to the Lakers when Shaq came in '96. What happened when Phil came? Lakers were underachievers. Phil changed that. So LeBron, the tough thing about LeBron is he is re- he he came in at a time when they needed somebody. So in terms of importance, and not only did he come, he won a championship. So you can't argue against that either. I'd say the only guy I would replace is Kareem, which sucks. 
but I think Shaq had a bigger impact coming to LA than Kareem did initially. Kareem came in 1975. He was still the best player in the league, but they couldn't really kind of get over the hump. They were struggling up until Magic came. It seems to be that when it's a good problem to have, Joe, when you have all these great players play for the Lakers, Sean and Joe's, because you have debates like this. Who do you leave out there? And who do you leave off that list, Sean? You leave an all-time great coach. You leave an all-time great player off that list. Either which way, you're you're screwed either which way. So Yeah, yeah you are. You are. I think she got it wrong, too. The list should be... Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. That Jerry West, you don't have the combination of Magic and Kareem. You don't have five titles. Without Jerry West, you don't acquire Shaquille O'Neal. You don't end up getting Kobe Bryant off the Charlotte Hornets, and you don't end up with another five titles. Jerry West is responsible <clears throat> For 11 titles as an executive, one as a player, he will forever be the greatest Laker on and off the court. Jerry West is the greatest Laker. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Great conversation. We could have that conversation all day. We could have an argument all day. Again, that's her thoughts, and I have to respect them, you know, you know, regardless of whether we agree with them or not. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us once again. We're going to be on tomorrow night late after the game because the game is on at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. It is going to be, I believe, on ESPN. It's going to be on after the Victor Wembyama game. So looking forward to seeing what the Lakers do in their third game. You know, if they win, that's great. I just want to see progression from the guys that really need some progression. Max Christie, again, just consistency there. Castleton, I want to see him keep on improving and try to stay out of foul trouble. I want to see a lot more from JHS in a positive way. Maxwell Lewis, I want him to make sure I see him more than just run up and down the court. I do want to see these things happen. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to see these happen. See if Demoy Hodge is worth you know something as far as what you can see and stand out. And hopefully, he can go ahead and play well as well this weekend. Looking forward to it. Again, I will be at Summer League on Saturday. If you are there, go ahead and give me a shout out. Love to say hi to you while I'm there. But we will be back tomorrow night. And again, the Lakerholics, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, they'll be by at 1 p.m. going ahead and talking to Lakers as well. So looking forward to more Lakers content. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. We've almost made up for all the losses from the people that checked out the Sphere video that realized, oh, this is a basketball channel. It's, it's not it unsubscribed, so hopefully we can make up for that final subscriber and get us closer and closer to 900. We're on our way to that magical thousand mark, and it's all because of you. Want to wish you all the best tonight for everyone in the best Lakers chat room that's out there. It is the Lakers fast break. Intel Wild says it's funny you could say Jerry West is the greatest Laker on and off the court, but he's been gone for what 20 years now. Yeah. Not all of it is his doing on that one, I, th I think. I think there's a lot of uh, harsh, harsh bitterness between him and the Lakers organization up top. My God, his forever seats don't even get us started on his, his, his forever seats that he was supposed to have that was bequeathed to him by Dr. Jerry Buss. 
Yeah, uh, don't even get us. Yeah, don't even get us started on that one. So the Lakers blew it there, indeed. But Adam says, "What about Andrew Bynum top five? <laughs> no. Yeah, I think he was getting on that one shot. But it is the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Great to have him back. Joe Sorrell, please go ahead and check him out at LakersBall.com, a Soxie 47. And of course, also as well, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. I've got another great pop culture cosmos coming on the way this weekend. We're talking about the box office. We're talking about, we're talking about Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, and so much more. So go ahead and check that out today, wherever you get your podcast. But for Joe Sorrell, Sean Grice, me, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you after the game tomorrow, post-game, like the old days. Will it mean a Lakers win? Will it just mean some Lakers doing well? That's what we'll talk about in their first night in Vegas for Summer League right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>